Welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we speak with people in the school and those who've already left to find out what it's really like there. In this episode, we're talking rugby. Saskia Jordan speaks to former student Simon Zokwe, professional rugby player for Ealing Trailfinders, and student Charlie Coe, current head boy at the school. Together, they discuss how each of them got into rugby, how they managed the balance between playing rugby and their academic studies, and how to manage the university pathway. And of course, we also find out their favourite places to hang out at school. So come with me while Saskia Jordan introduces our two guests for this episode. So welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. Today I'm chatting to former student Simon Azokwe and now professional rugby player for Ealing Trailfinders. And joining us is Charlie Coe, head boy, and in the words of his coaching team, a great rugby player with a bright future ahead of him. So Simon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and well done on Ealing's performance in the league. Uh, But I hear that you had a tough match against Saracens last weekend with them fielding all their England players. How do you steal yourself for a challenge like that? To be honest, um, it's more exciting more than nervous or anything like that. So, um, you know, as a team, we're quite confident in what we do. So we're just really excited to test ourselves against, you know, another team that's really good. Um, We want to be in the Premiership. So these are the kind of games you want to play every week. So rather than winning by 60 every week, it's better to play against a really good team. So we enjoyed it. So the tougher the challenge, the more exciting it is for the team? Oh, 100%, yeah, 100%. And Charlie, welcome. Thank you. So I know we're here to talk about shared love of rugby, but I'm under strict instructions not to make you late for first team cricket match today <laughs> against the MCC. <laughs> yeah. Are you and the team ready for the challenge? Yeah, it's going to be a um, tough game today. They've got, um, I think, nine OIs in the side as well, so it'll be good to play against some uh, old boys from the school. But yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but it's uh, it looks like a lovely day so far, so... It should be a, a good run out and um, hopefully we'll win. And do you agree with Simon, the tougher the challenge actually, the more exciting it gets? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you look locally, when we play St Joe's, they're a great side and our local rivals. But when you get those tough games and it comes down to the wire, it always uh, psychs you up a bit more. It's really interesting. And now I'm going to go right back to the beginning. Simon, sport, rugby, how did that develop for you when you were at school? <laughs> Funnily enough, I actually hated rugby at first. I still <laughs> remember my first game I played, I think it was against Little Garth, and it was pouring down of rain, freezing, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, obviously we're really good at Ipswich School in terms of you get to play loads of different sports. So it started off with tag rugby, then full contact rugby, then I really sort of started enjoying it in sort of year eight, got a bit bigger and just sort of took off from there, really. So it started way back from the prep and then in year eight, which mm. is still relatively young, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're still yeah. talking 12. Mm, yeah. Um, so year eight, you really start to think this could be something I could really take forward. Not even that, I just started enjoying it, really. And then I think gradually, I think, um, got pushed towards uh, Suffolk Trials. And then from there, picked up, joined with Ipswich Rugby Club. So I think I got to about... 14 when I got uh, picked up by Northampton Saints where I thought oh we can actually have a career in this at some point so I think that's when I kind of sort of opened my eyes to that world if that makes sense. It does and because I was talking to the coaches and they were saying above all else they want the pupils to enjoy the sport and they're conscious of burnout and they so that so basically you're saying when you find the love of the game actually that's when it takes off. Yeah I'd say so yeah yeah. And what about you, Charlie? When, when did you start playing rugby? Um, started off in the prep, and funnily enough, like Simon, um, 
my first ever training session, I was talking to my dad the other day. I sat on the side crying just because <laughs> I didn't I didn't enjoy it. Um, but I joined Ipswich Rugby Club on the side on Sundays. And then ever since there, it's just progressed through. I've pretty much fell in love at year six. And then by year seven, eight, I was with Northampton. And since there, I've just been going through the ranks all the way up to up to now. And how do these school coaches help you, Charlie? I, I couldn't put it in one word, but um, they give me extra like one-to-one sessions. They're in contact with the coaches all the time. And they just generally every day, they come up to you and ask how you're doing, what you're doing, need to work on. And it's just a great environment to develop from, even if you're rock bottom and your skills are, are barely there. You can develop even to probably one of the best rugby players, just with the coaches that we have around us at the moment. So I'm under strict instructions to ask this from Mr Greenhall. Simon, do you wish you'd had that experience when you were at school with your rugby? Do you know what? From the outside looking in, um, it's really good to see. So I think, you know, I always keep an eye out with what's going on. And I see um, the names that have been brought in coaching, uh, the setup now. Because when I was younger, obviously we were very good at hockey. So... Even though rugby was my sport, and I played in quite a few national finals, I was in the hockey team as well. But now seeing the support the boys are getting in terms of rugby and the environment there, you know, obviously you'd love to be part of that. <laughs> but no, it's honestly, from the outside looking in, it's really good to see. Honestly, it's amazing. Mr Green, who will be very pleased. Uh, Charlie, you play cricket and you, are you second team hockey? Um, yeah, so I played second team last year. I've actually, I've done the three ways. So I've played one game for first team hockey, so... That's my, probably one of my best achievements so far at school. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Charlie, the coaches tell me that you have a really great work ethic. You put the training in, but you don't compromise your A-level studies. Can you give me any tips about sorting the balance between sports and study? Um, just being transparent with your teachers, I think. And when you tell the, talk to your teachers, they're always going to give you extra time. They know the stress that you're under as a sports player. So just talking to them saying, can I have this extension for maybe a day because I've got training this evening. And then also using the free time that you have to get that work done <laughs> pretty much immediately. You can get home and sit around and sit on your phone and maybe have a couple of biscuits, but <laughs> that's not really the best thing to do. Um, just get home, get the work done. And then when you get back from training, you don't have to sit down and write a, <laughs> a long essay. Um, I think that's the the best tips I could give. So just getting on with it and being organised and then knowing when to say when you actually need a bit bit more time. Yeah. Mm. And Simon, what about you when you're at school and juggling rugby and school? Mm. Any any tips for us on that? To be honest, I probably didn't get good at that until uni. Um, so I think at school I kind of just winged it really in terms of whenever I got work done I got it done and just did rugby <laughs> but uh, when I was with Newcastle and at uni we'd always sit down at the start of term and just say right these are my lectures this is what training looks like and then I'd plan my like, blocks of like four or five weeks I'd plan everything so I knew where my free time was I knew where I was going to be at rugby when I was going to be at uni and I think for me the biggest thing was just knowing that I'd have to sacrifice some you know sort of leisure and enjoyment to know that I had to work so I think once you've got that in your head that you're going to have to make some sacrifices, it becomes easier. But also having the balance that you've got time, if you need to have a bit of downtime, you can do it and you can go out with your friends if need be. That's great advice. So planning like four to five weeks ahead, 
Mm. Working out where the stress, stress points are and, and knowing, knowing what needs to give. Thank you. Yeah. Simon, I was also really impressed when you were talking to Ipswich Prep about how strongly you felt that a good education was important. Where did that belief come from? Um, a few arguments with my dad, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I was sort of, you know, 17, 18, sort of in contention for a contract with Northampton. And in my head, that's all I wanted to do. At the time, they were winning the Premiership, winning he- like getting to Heineken Cup final. So I was thinking, this is what I want to do. And my dad, being a doctor, was like, you can't just neglect, you know, however many years it was school and not go to university. And um, I think the best thing for me was actually not getting a contract from Northampton because it made me think, you know what, I can't put all my eggs in one basket. And luckily I was able to go to Sunderland University to study pharmacy. So, um, yeah, just my dad really just hammering me saying, you need to have that backup. You know, rugby's great, but what if you don't get kept on by someone? So I think from that point on, it's always been a real big thing for me. And actually, sometimes it seems like the knockbacks can maybe refocus you and point you in, in another direction? Oh, 110%. I think um, if life was plain sailing, then I definitely wouldn't be where I am now. So, you know, I think the best thing for me as well is when I'm at training and, you know, I see players who are probably four or five years older than me. They're scrambling, thinking, what am I going to do when I finish? But now I know exactly what I'm going to do. Part of me is almost excited for when I finish playing rugby, have a normal life and just work and not have to worry about my body being in pain and all that. So um, that's definitely quite comforting knowing that, you know, whenever it does end, I'm pretty much sorted on what I'm going to do. Great advice. And Simon, we were talking about you going through the university pathway. Um, so that was with the, with Newcastle and Senior Academy. Yeah. What advice would you give to our students and to Charlie indeed, looking to follow the similar progression? It might um, sort of slow down your development in terms of your, your sport, but in the long run, you're going to be better off. So with me, you know, I was in the Senior Academy at Newcastle for, I think, three years and then I didn't really kick off playing regularly until sort of the year after I'd graduated but even though it took me a bit longer to sort of get more game time with the first team when things weren't going right I had another focus and you know it wasn't as if I'm not playing rugby so I'm down I had my other focus I was getting on with that so I just had a really good balance to my life but especially now with rugby being quite a attritional sport I'm 26 now and haven't got too many miles on the clock in terms of playing games. So my body's actually in good shape. So I should have a longer career. So um, I wouldn't get down about the slower development on the pitch. But, you know, just keep going. It'd be better off in the long run that way, I think, personally. Great positive attitude Mm. and Mm. body in fine shape and and mentally in fine shape, Simon. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think mental health is a big thing. I think it's quite stressful being, you know, at that level of rugby, it is quite stressful. You know, it's very small margins, you know, especially for us at the moment. If we lose a game, that's it, we're out. We can't get promoted to the premierships where we want to be. Um, so it does take its toll on you that way. But having another focus and something else to focus on, you know, so many players come out and say that's key for them, just being able to switch off. And for me especially, I, I need that. And Charlie, what's the plan for next year when you leave Ipswich School? Um so I've obviously gone through the UCAS application this year and um, I've selected Durham University for my first choice and Loughborough for my second. Um, Durham I've luckily been up and had a look around so, and I've talked to the head of rugby so it should be good. Um, I'm really looking forward to go, go to uni. Um, I've just heard so many good things about university and your development both academically but also as a sportsman, 
So <laughs> I'm just, yeah, really looking forward to going to university, playing some really good standard rugby. I and think then, that's a really good choice, Durham, because I know Alex Keyes quite well, the yeah, head of rugby head of there. Rugby. And um, I've got quite a few friends that have gone down that route, played at Durham University, graduated, and then been given contracts at Newcastle Falcons. So if you play well at Durham, yeah. you know, especially England students as well, I did that, which I really enjoyed. So yeah. if you just get your head down, play well there, you'll end up at Newcastle. So, That's, so it's a really similar pathway, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, really impressive that, that you, you look at the longer term and you think, well, actually, the education stands me in great stead for the future. And so I'm liking also, Simon, you're talking about the sort of the planning month by month, the planning year by year, and that actually sorts out the mental health. Do you okay. think that's a, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Um, before I get on to the funny questions, um, so Simon, uh, the other thing I've been hearing is that you're, you've just done really well at integrating into the club, fans, players, there's a social aspect to, to being as part of a team. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some tips about that? Uh, just be yourself, but um, not too early, if that makes sense. So I'm quite a jovial, laid back kind of guy. So obviously when you first get into a new environment, you've got to sort of take your time, work out who's who sort of earn your respect in a way but you know just be yourself at the end of the day find you know who you get on with the most but just try and get on with everyone so what I love about our team is regardless of who's paid what everyone's on the same sort of level so we all get on really well definitely a tight-knit club and you know off the pitch we're doing stuff together so I live with one of my teammates now and we get on really well so definitely just be yourself it's the best thing you can do be yourself and, and play the long game yeah definitely <laughs> And Charlie looks to me like the sixth form. They've got a really good um, camaraderie and the prefect team get on really well. How do you integrate as a, as a sixth form? Oh, so we, we, at the start of the year, we do sixth form kind of ch- uh, building challenges, you know, team building challenges. And that really, although everybody stands off tentatively at the start, you kind of all mix in um, over time. And you're spending two years together in one one building, and over breaks, over lunch times, you get chatting with different people, and because there's so many subjects on offer, you meet new people. So you go into DT with different people, you go into geography with different people, and that just widens your friend base. And by the end of the two years, like I am now, I'm friends with probably the whole of the sixth form and the year below. So it, it's just, it's like a close-knit family in the sixth form. You're all together, you're all doing the same thing, and it's, yeah, you just love being with each other at the end of it. And it seems like that carries on. Simon, weren't you playing against an OI quite recently? Yes, I was, yeah, Will Brown, I've called him. Yeah, it was um, actually really good to see him doing really well, actually. I had a good chat with him after the game. Um, he's enjoying his rugby, and I think he's got some big things planned for the future. But I think, yeah, it's obviously really good to see Really good to see. Okay, now I'm going to talk about just the school stuff. <laughs> Simon, can you have any memories that you can share with us of school traditions, be that house competitions or funny rituals, any, anything that you remember about school? Yeah, I was thinking this morning, actually. I do remember quite a lot of... Um, I f- completely forgot, but you reminded me about all the house sports that we used to do and all the things that I'd put myself forward for that I probably shouldn't have, like swimming, for example. <laughs> <laughs> So I did completely forget about that, but no, that's really I look really look back fondly on those sort of yeah, memories. And what about you, Charlie? Yeah, the, the house competitions are always good. Um, just playing sport in general, you know, it gets getting away from the classroom and being with 
a load of different people and just being outside you can't ask for much more I don't think yeah our house competitions comes up so often um and it's particularly when like you were saying Simon when when people who are really good at rugby are put in the hockey pitch or um people are trying to do high jump but it's probably not their best thing <laughs> does that just is that part of being in the house competition oh definitely I think as well because I was lucky enough to be head of my house uh near 13 so kind of you know picking the teams and stuff like that that added stress but no honestly it was so much fun I started thinking about it again this morning reminiscing and thinking you know sports day those kind of things I think I've still I might have a record somewhere I think for something I'm not too sure but just things like that that really got you excited at the, at the end of the year. Just looking back fondly on that. And Simon, were there any embarrassing, funny or silly moments at school that you can share? Um, trying to think. I spent a bit too much time in the headmaster's office because I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one thing that I do look back on. Um, yeah, probably the most embarrassing was having my parents come in, to be honest, come to see the headmaster, be in trouble. <laughs> Charlie? <laughs> Um, How about you? I've had some great funny moments with my friends, but there's always the worst when you accidentally call a teacher by the wrong name. Or I remember <laughs> accidentally calling a teacher mum or dad, and that that, ne- that never goes down well. <laughs> Everybody's laughing at you for the rest of the day, but yeah. Um, so, Simon, I like this question because sometimes I get quite bizarre answers. What's the thing you're most proud of from your time at Ipswich School? It's a really tough question, that actually. I'll tell you, it is, because the funny thing that I find is that people never say, it's never about the actual sport that they've gone on to do or their career. It's yeah. always about uh, coming third in a house competition or it, it, it's, it's a really obscure thing. I'll let you think while we yeah. move on to Charlie. What, what will you leave with your being, being your most proudest moment here? I'd say it's quite bored, but my development as a person, I feel like at the start, in year seven, I was this little little kid, quite you know, mouthy. And um, over time, I feel like I've I've grown into a, a proper man, and that's both with the school, but also rugby. Um, yeah, it's just I feel like I've turned into a better person because of being at this school, and I think that's a key thing that the school does. It makes you into a better person, and yeah, I'll be proud of that, and that will stay with me probably for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. How does that happen? It's just the values that the school uh, teach you. And um, at Northampton, they, they say this, they want you to become a better person, not just a better rugby player. And that stuck with me as soon as I joined. And I kind of put that into my um, school life. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's paid off. That's, that's amazing. And so, Simon, I'd say you've also learned a lot about being resilient and yeah. and and also just protecting the whole person mm-hmm. did you learn any of that at school yeah i was going to say that's probably my proudest moment actually i think the setbacks that i had at quite critical times um would also probably be my proudest moment so i remember sort of around gcse years um so eastern counties at that time was the pinnacle for us at been at school and my best friend at the time, Wolf Davis, he got on the Eastern Counties team and I didn't that year. And I had to see him wear his Eastern Counties tie every day at school and I was wearing my oh. Suffolk tie. So then when I got it the year after, I was over the moon and that was around sort of GCSE time. Didn't get me too down. I did quite well at my GCSEs. And then obviously getting let go by Northampton in um, year 13 as well. 
So I think being able to bounce back from those sort of two little setbacks, but they felt massive at the time. I think that's obviously put me in good stead for anything that goes wrong, you know, sort of through uni and, and now really. Completely. And I mean, what a tough world. And you're relatively young when fairly major things are happening in your life. Uh, credit to my dad again. You know, he's always there to give me sort of the bigger picture, even now. You know, if I have any issues at all, I always get his sort of input on it because if anything, he's overcritical towards me. So if he, he's always going to give me a fair, you know, outlook on it. So I always go to him if there's any sort of issues I have in anything at all, whether it's pharmacy life, rugby life or just general, general life. Just adding to Simon, I've obviously recently been released from that Northampton Academy and that I would I'd say a big step back for me. But the I took two weeks off rugby because I mm. thought it was I thought it was the end of it. Mm. I thought I wouldn't play rugby again. Mm. But then in those two weeks, you find that that's not just it in rugby. And by the end of those two weeks, I was like, "Where's a rugby ball? I want to be back out there." Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're playing, mm. if it's for Northampton, if it's at club. Yeah. At the end of the day, we just want to play rugby. Yeah. And the thing is as well getting into a senior academy isn't the be-all and end-all because you think when you go through the sort of the age groups under 18s, you think, right, I'm back to, I'm at the top of the, the pyramid in that sense. I'm under 18s or playing in the Premiership Academy League or whatever. You go right back to the bottom at senior academy. You're in for early gym sessions. You have long days. You'll end up playing at a dual registered club anyway. Yeah. So, you know, so many friends I have that's been at senior academies don't even play rugby anymore. Whereas boys that sort of go a more long-term route end up staying in the game a bit more. And boys that are signed on now, if you're playing for a National 1, National 2 club, like I think Will Brown did play, you're going to end up playing with the same boys anyway. But you're probably going to get more game time because those coaches will pick you over academy boys quite often. So, you know, senior academies aren't the be-all and end-all. Obviously, it's great to be there, but there's other ways around it. I think you've got a second career coming as a mentor, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, you heard it here first. (laughs) It's just fantastic advice. And it's come right back to year six and year eight, hasn't it, Mm. for you, Charlie? It's it's that love of the game. Yeah. You you can stop for two weeks, but it came back. Yeah. Oh, I just... It's just an attraction back towards the sport. Thank you. Right, okay, silly questions now. Charlie, where's your favourite place to hang out at school? Um, probably either the sixth form centre, because it's very comfortable, or I just in the gym. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice environment in the gym. and. Uh, yeah, I hear the music blaring out every morning. Yeah, it's, it's quite loud. You can't get much sleep in there, but yeah, it, <laughs> it's it a nice really environment. Fun, yeah, very fun environment. Simon, what about you? Where was your favourite place to hang out at school? Before we got into sixth form, our spot was just outside the DT centre, that little corridor there, just by the stairs. So we used to go there every break time, but obviously got into sixth form, then the sixth form centre was our usual hangout spot. Everyone loves the sixth form centre, don't they? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, And you're there at the moment, aren't you, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, I'm upstairs, yeah. And finally, Simon, what would you say to your 11-year-old self? Um, Probably listen to my dad a bit more. So I don't think I really appreciated all the things he was saying to me until I got to sort of where I am now and seeing how that sort of moulded me. So a lot of time I used to think he just didn't want me to enjoy myself and didn't really understand my point of view, but 
he just saw the bigger picture, probably been through the same things I've been through. So listen to him a bit more, I'd say. I'm going to play this to my kids, listen <laughs> to your parents. <laughs> Charlie, what about you? What would you say to your 11-year-old self? Probably have confidence in yourself. I think I only picked that up at the end of the GCSE year. And, um, and then that put me in good stead to go into sixth form. But before, I, academically, I didn't have confidence in myself. And probably in sport, I didn't. But as soon as you gain that confidence, you, you become a different person, I think. Thank you. That's been so interesting. Thank you both. Um, fascinating to see the similarities and um, how important education, mental health, resilience um, has been for both of you. Thank you very much. Have a lovely rest of the day. Good luck in the cricket match, Charlie. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck in the league, Simon. <laughs> Thank you very much. And goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. So that was Simon Zokwe and Charlie Coe. Thank you to both of you for coming on to this episode. And if you have any questions following anything that you've heard, then you can reach the school by visiting www.ipswich.school. Now, if you haven't followed this podcast channel, then now is the time to do it because it just means that when the next episode is released, you'll receive a small notification just to let you know that it's ready, which means that you won't miss it. So go do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.